And welcome back to the Ice Cash Report. I'm Anthony Kepler, joined by Tim Continenza. And we're back finally after some scheduling quirks here and there that threw a wrench in our plans. But uh, we're back and ready to discuss the Penguins almost entering the November portion of their schedule. And Tim, some good things, some bad things. But overall, I think you look at it and we sit three and four now on the season. Two wins out of our past three games that make you feel like things are going in the right direction. Like just get your initial takes on the Penguins' last couple games. Boy, I tell you, it's been frustrating. Uh, the loss mm -hmm. on the road was just yep. uh, just disappointing. I mean, that's all there is to it. They got to win these games, and they didn't show up. Um, let's be honest. They just didn't show up that game, and that was the most frustrating YSU loss I've seen in many years. And if, it really, really hated at me as a fan, and I was disappointed. Mm -hmm. And you can see it eating at the coaching staff, too, because I think they thought they were prepared for that game, and mm -hmm. they just laid an egg. Now, yesterday was just the opposite. I thought they were very prepared. They played maybe the most complete game of the season, and they were able to make adjustments on the fly. Uh, when Van Gorder went down, I thought Mays came in and played great, gave him an opportunity to win, and, you know, they continue on. They had a great first half. They, you know, they just – didn't let South Dakota get back in the ball game, and I thought that was the key. They jumped on them early, and they just never let the, the foot off the throat. They, you know, and they went right for it. So on those levels, I was really excited about the way they played. There, like you said, they're three and four. Every game is the must game. Just take it one mm -hmm. game at a time. Yeah, it's not going to get easy. We just have to wait and see how they they react. If they play as well as they did yesterday, then I think you're going to see a quality finish to the season. Yeah, we come in, uh, we beat Southern Illinois 17-14 on the last second. Zach Kennedy field goal. Kind of an ugly game. Not surprisingly, every game against Southern Illinois seems to be the low-scoring, ugly type of win. Granted, it's a win in the Missouri Valley, so you're not going to complain. Last week, uh, like you said, it was frustrating because you thought you were turning the corner. Uh, the pass defense showed up. You only held uh, Terrell Christian and... South Dakota State, the 79 yards passing. But on the other hand, you give up over 300 yards rushing, and it, and you scratch your head like, when is this ever going to get fixed? And you could tell during the week that tensions were starting to mount. The, the players seemed to be growing increasingly frustrated. Uh, Polini was at its end uh, just with the mis-execution, mis-assignments. Uh, then yesterday, probably our best football that we've played in uh, the last season or two. Outside of last year's win over South Dakota State's again conference play, the energy and enthusiasm that you and I have discussed and wondered where it was at was there. And we have said how frustrating it is that we can't string four quarters together. And yesterday we strung four quarters together. And what I liked was with all those conditions, and they were horrific conditions, they were not – ideal conditions and for a team to be your two and four the season's probably lost playoff wise but you came out and you wouldn't know by the energy and enthusiasm that that team showed the offense looked really good the first half and then the second half it it bogged down again but the defense i tell you what the defense minus three all-conference players 
they have gradually improved each week. And that's something that has really caught my attention is we got Coach McNutt back going into the Western Illinois game. They look terrible. And then each week, uh, the defense has seemed to fly around. A staple of a Bo Pelini coach team is that man-to-man, aggressive, in-your-face defense. And when the Penguins needed that yesterday, they put it away with a interception by DJ Smalls to win the game, basically. Uh, so a great performance yesterday. Made it worthwhile sitting in those conditions. Uh, so like we said, we sit three and four. What are your thoughts going forward? Uh, we get Indiana State coming up this weekend at home. Uh, and then we got to go to North Dakota State and Northern Iowa. And then we end the season in Norwalk against Illinois State. What do you want to see going forward? Uh, with our football team, and where do you hope to end up at a month from now? Well, I think I think the main focus right now, and I have not heard an update, mm-hmm. uh, is Van Gorder. I mean, we need Van Gorder to be healthy and playing. And you know, his stats are what they are; they're not fantastic. Mm-hmm. However, he he adds a passing game to the offense that you're not going to get with Mays. Mm-hmm. Mays will, can run the ball. Matter of fact, I don't even think he attempted a pass in the game. No, he, he did not. not. And, you, and that's the problem. You know, you can be a good running team, and he adds a, a dimension to the to the offense, which is really great. Mm-hmm. However, in today's game of a spread offense and being able to throw the ball and be, you know, you're going to have to be able to throw the ball. And I just don't think you can hide Mays' passing game if that's the choice that they're going to try to make in the future. You've seen in the first half, 22 points. They were able to move the ball. They were able to do certain things. Uh, they they you know, brought in a new field goal kicker in the game mm-hmm. at times, and, and he made the kicks. So those are good things. I mean, mm-hmm. I like what they did, a lot of the things they did. What I didn't like in the second half, I thought they were got a little conservative at times. However, Understandable. You had a, you know, a backup quarterback in the game. Uh, You're you managing the game. You had a big lead, and you know they got seven points in the second half. They gave up seventeen. Uh, you know, they didn't play terrible in the second half. I thought they played well. Like you said, I thought they played their best game of the season, and that's the key. Is you know, and I'm sure Bo and the rest of his coaching staff is going to be hammering that home. You have to play four quarters. You mm-hmm. cannot take a quarter off. You can't take plays off. You have to come out and fight each and every play and make something happen because you never know what door will open when you do that. They got another game at home, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's what they need. They need some mm-hmm. home cooking. And I love that opportunity. You get back to four and four. Mm-hmm. In this conference, seven and four can make the playoffs. Exactly. Is it difficult? Yes, it's difficult. However, 24 teams make the playoffs. You know, it's not, you know, it's not 16 teams. So mm-hmm. you have an opportunity to play in that first round of the playoffs if you continue to play your best football. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but the goal's not lost yet. It's not dead yet. No, it's not lost. You play. have an opportunity. You just have to get out there and play. Uh, you know, again, I think the key and something we talked about before is get McCaster the ball. I don't care exactly. how you do it. Exactly. Get the ball in exactly. his hands. Exactly. He's your playmaker. He sets the tone for your offense. Uh, you know, Mc, you know, Van Gorder can play off of the running game. 
you just have to get it to I mean, he had 36 carries, you know, 175 plus yards. Mm-hmm. This is what you need from him. This is this is the type of effort you need from him in your offensive line. And you have to be able to, like I, I've said it many times, in today's football, especially at the collegiate level, and even at the high school level, you got to get the ball into the hands of your playmakers. If you do that in space, they're gonna have success. When you are unable to achieve those goals, that's when you have a offense that's in the rut that can't do anything correctly. And, you know, McCaster's your offense. You have to go start there and build off of that. If you do that, I think you're going to happen. I think early in the year, they may have put too much pressure on Van Gorder to come through for them, mm-hmm. being a fifth-year senior and everything else. However, you know, uh, I think it took time for them to find some of the strides this year. Like I said, it took seven games for me to see them play their best game of the year. Yep. And hopefully this is the starting point now. We'll talk about, you know, the game against South Dakota as mm-hmm. how the turning point of the season where they needed to win a game at home, and they did. And now they move forward. And, again, in the conference, you only lost one game. So yep. anything's possible. Is it going to be difficult? Oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And each week is a playoff game from this point out, as we talked about. However, the door's not closed. Yeah, it, exactly. And that's one thing that going into this last game in October against a much improved Indiana State team who's fighting through a playoff lies like us, your season is not dead yet. You don't have to worry about guys mentally checking out because, look, there is still something to play for. And last night we saw, like you said, a step in that direction. Um, I found it. I don't want to call it ironic or a coincidence, but on the night where we honor our 93 team, and I think you and I have talked about that a little bit before, how that team started out slow too. And they were dead in the water until a late late season win spur into the playoffs. And look, I'm not saying we're going to go on that type of run, but here's what just fascinated me. You come in against South Dakota, who statistically was an number one offense in the conference, and you held them to 19 minutes and 50 seconds of possession. You doubled them up in time possession. You held them to 113 rush yards, most of which came on South Dakota's last-minute garbage drive where they were just eating up clock and scored a late touchdown. You allowed 158 yards, and you had the pick six to win the game. Then flip it, and you and I have said all year long, get Tavin McCash the ball. Feed the kid the ball. 36 rush attempts, one passing. There's 37 touches right there for Tevin that went for 188 yards. You ran the ball 62 times right down their throat. And look, the offense, as you mentioned, it seems to bog down, and it's frustrating as all hell to watch. And it seems like you're just pulling teeth. But you look up at the end of the game, and you get 62 rush yards for 324 yards, a net of 295. Van Gorder, 10 of 18, 131 in conditions that were just horrific. I, they were terrible. And he threw a touchdown pass. So that was his most dominating win as I can remember in a long time because it, that game never felt like it was in the balance of 
being lost. I mean, it was 29-17, the final score, but it's it never game. felt like we were, oh, boy, here we go again. I just never felt that way, and I don't know about you, but I felt like we physically dominated them. Yeah, I think this is the type of game everyone expected the Penguins to play against Butler. Mm -hmm. Be able exactly. to take control of the game and win it. And, you know, at the end of the game, they scored a couple touchdowns to just to run off some clock, so be it. But I believe this is what we expected in the opening game and then didn't get it. Matter of fact, like mm -hmm. I said, I think it took seven games to get to this level. Uh, and they need to take advantage of, the, you know, their home schedule the rest of the way. And, you know, take advantage, get back to 500 and go from there. Uh, obviously, this week exactly. matters the most. Yeah, but I think you hit on the, on the key there. Get the ball to your playmakers. I got a thought process that I, I really didn't give it much till today when I started thinking about this game mm -hmm. going forward. Not knowing the health of Van Gorder. Mm -hmm. And let's let's go, let's let's make a, a, a assumption that he's able okay. to play. That you know everything will be fine and he's going to be going forward as your quarterback. I think the Penguins would be absolutely in the right frame of mind, if they bring in Mays, not as a counter, but use him as a slot and get the ball in his hands at times on reverses, put him in the backfield, not saying use him as a complete running back, yep. but use him as a decoy that teams are now going to have to look at him along with McCaster. I think if you can add him, all he has to touch the ball six, seven times a game, and maybe a quick throw out to him. But mm -hmm. something simple, just get the ball in his hands and let him see if he can create. It's a big gamble because he's your backup quarterback. If he gets hurt, then you're, then you're in you, trouble. You lose your yeah, you lose your depth uh, quickly. Uh, it's a it's a huge gamble. But in the same vein, I think the Penguins are in a situation now where they're going to have to take gambles to make this season a success and moving forward. But I was really thinking that you have to put players on the field. And Mays getting the ball either in a wildcat-type scenario, mm -hmm. which really isn't true because he's a quarterback. However, you know, kind of like Tim Tebow was yep. uh, back uh, in Florida's year, they won the national title the first time. Uh, you know, running the ball yep. out of, you know, in shotgun and stuff like that. And maybe even putting him in the slot position and doing rounds, faking it to him and letting Van Gorder throw the ball to someone else, maybe to McCaster out in the flat. Who knows? But I think there's a weapon there that they can utilize offensively if he's not the quarterback in the game. I think they can definitely find a handful of plays, seven to ten plays a game for him. And doesn't mean those plays every time he's going to touch the ball, but he can definitely make a team worry about that that weapon that they didn't see all season long on, on films and going forward. And then your future opponents will have to spend time practicing against that possibility of seeing Mays uh, part of the offense. And, you know, you could do things that you never did before mm -hmm. with a player like that. Cause he may, you may be able to do even some, halfback options yep. or reverse options. There's, there's, it opens up a lot of a lot of playmaking abilities. And I think that's something the Penguins got to look at. And I'm sure the coaching staff is. I mean, there's, there's advantages and disadvantages to everything. And one of the biggest disadvantages, if he would get hurt, 
you lose your quarterback depth. And when your starting quarterback already went down and has been knocked around a few times this year, that's a big gamble. But you're three and four on the season. So taking a gamble makes sense to me. I think it's something I'm hoping the coaching staff is looking at and will consider going forward because I think there's a weapon there that they can use if you have a healthy offense going forward with Van Gorder. Uh, Mays, Mays brings a an, a weapon to the offense that they need, yep. a second playmaker other than McCaster. And I think we've seen that in the second half when he ran the ball a few times and had some big breaks, especially in the fourth quarter when he had that big run. Get him in space. He can make something happen. I agree with that. I I think it's it's incredible to me how uh, this is now three years in a row where we've lost our starting quarterback to injury. Uh, North Northern Iowa a couple years ago, uh, South Dakota State last year, and now this year against South Dakota. And Mace had to come in in meaningful situations to chew up clock. And meanwhile, he didn't throw the ball. They had no answer for him. He ran the zone read to perfection. And I agree with you that you're three and four now. If you throw him in there a handful of plays, you have to respect his running ability, but you also have to respect he could pull up and throw it. Um, Right. So that's one thing that I think they might utilize going forward. Maybe not as a wide out or a scat back, but maybe just a change of pace here and there like they did with Hunter Wells a couple of years ago where he came in in a couple of series here and there. The one thing that concerned me yesterday, and I don't know, and I haven't heard if it was injury or a coach's decision, was Zach Farrar didn't see the field yesterday. You and I have talked about him as a playmaker, a guy that Penguins could lead on going forward, and Zach Farrar didn't see any time yesterday. I haven't heard if it was injury. Um, there was nothing said around the stadium about it. So that's concerning. But I, the one thing I liked was – the use of getting Payne and Braswell involved in the sweeps. Now, I wish we would try a reverse off those, but I understand in conditions like yesterday that you probably won't see for another three or four years um, that getting too cute could end up costing you. One thing that concerns me is the Penguins up until the Southern Illinois game and South Dakota State game took really good care of the ball. We only had three turnovers. Now, lately, and you can even throw yesterday out because, like I said, it's – I don't want to make excuses, but the the lack of ball security has been very concerning. And it's not – it's not – I guess it's how many. You've had 10 turnovers the past three or four games. That's, that's not good. Um, but it's where these turnovers have happened. They're drive killers, and you're giving teams – like yesterday, you gave South Dakota 30 yards to work with, and they scored on one play. So that's very concerning. Um, but we're three and four. I walked out of the stadium last night, and I, I said to myself, you know, this season's definitely not gone how we hoped. And the more I thought about it each, each day going up to the game, I felt really good about this game. And I know you and I talked briefly. And we're a better football team than our record says. It, but where our record says we're a three and four team. Um, but going forward, um, Indiana State's a winnable game. There, there's no excuse you can't beat Indiana State. 
we all know when North Dakota State brings in the dome out there, then you walk up Northern Iowa into this town and bring go to Illinois State. The more and more I look at this football team, the more I see offense, we don't have the playmakers. And it's glaring we don't have the playmakers either up front or outside. And then Gorder's doing the best he can on the fly. Um, the depth that we supposedly had, you made a great comment in August. Depth's only good in quality, not quantity. And I think we've seen that this year. Losing three guys, I think we're a better football team and you chalk this season up as a fluke. If this team can somehow rally and go five and six, six and five, who knows, seven and four and shock the world, it might go down as Bo Pelini's best coaching job that he's ever had because he's never had to go through a season like he has this year. Uh, and that's something they were talking about last night in the postgame show is he's never had to go through a season like this before. You know, he had two coordinators leave, one was his brother, another one was suspended. You know, you had three all-conference players done before August 1st, hit, seemingly. So, look, is it frustrating? Yeah, it's going to be frustrating, and we're going to have to win very ugly sometimes. But winning ugly in November is the only thing that counts. And the thing that I feel most comfortable with is each year under Pelini, our team seems to get better come late October into November. And that's something that we were scratching hands in the Wolford that we couldn't finish. So it's a brutal end of the season. We, we've never gotten the break of the conference scheduling. We're not going to start now, but you got to play who you play. It's a great opportunity this week to play Indiana State in a de facto playoff elimination game. And you get, you know what? I'm going to call it right now. This Saturday at 2 o'clock is a playoff game, period. If you win, you move on. If you lose, you go home, period. Yeah, no, that's exactly I, where they're at. I've said and I it. think you hit it right on the head for a couple weeks now. It's Yeah, I mean, every game's a playoff game. You just, you have no room for error now. You have four losses. There's no room for error. They have to move forward. You know, taking each game as the challenge in front of them to move forward. Four games left in the season. Most important yep. game is this week. Yep. And the three in the future will be there no matter what. But yep. the most important game is the one in front of you, you know, at you know, at the ice castle. So you have to get it done. You have to get it done. And you move forward. I think you hit on two good points there earlier. Uh, the turnover margin has, you know, raised eyebrows and concerns for uh the team moving forward. And if they can stop putting the ball on the carpet and make some plays, I think they're going to have opportunities to finish drives and score more points. And defensively, again, you know, it's the old saying, you win the turnover margin, chances are really good. You're going to win a lot of ball games. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that doesn't change. That factor still is a turnovers to points is a huge, huge stat that most teams – are, are a lot of fans and a lot of a lot of uh, alumni don't pay attention to, but it is a huge uh, dividend going forward. Yeah, you're going to find out how good your team is when they are able to force fumbles and interceptions, and then you're able offensively to turn them into points yep. or special teams turn them into points. Uh, they, this is where games are won this time of the year. Uh, the weather's going to get worse. Yep. You know, you had the, the cold rain. 
on Saturday, it's going to get worse. It's going to snow. Yep. It's going to rain. It's 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 Ohio in October and November. It's going to get worse. We know that. And you can almost guarantee, because most people have Saturdays or Sundays off, the weather's yep. usually lousy in Northeast Ohio. So you can almost guarantee on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, it's going to rain yep. in Northeast Ohio. It's just the way it works. It, it's unfortunate, but that's where we live. This is what we deal with. And this team has to be prepared for those scenarios and should thrive in it because they've done it for many years. Most of these players are from uh, this quadrant of the uh, the country. Some of mm -hmm. them are, but they've been here long enough to know. If it's the weekend, expect bad weather. And that's just the way it works here in Northeast Ohio. And if you got to take care of the ball, that means running the ball, getting the ball to McCaster. Exactly. And, and, and I think that's going to be key. Uh, you know, Van Gorder is going to have to take better care of the ball when he has it in his hands. He can't fumble like he did. You know, he can't throw interceptions. You can't make those turnovers going forward. Uh, you have to play error-free football or yep. as minimum error-free football as possible. And you're going to give yourself an opportunity because the teams coming up are all good and they're all in conference. And how you're going to make yourself available to make grab one of those top 20 spots, 24 spots, you have to win out. And you're going to have to win in conference. It's just the way it is because you're out of conference. You didn't do it this year. You were one and two. I mean, it just you didn't yep. do it. You know, that yep. is what it is. Uh, you don't get a uh, bonus for losing to West Virginia. So it's just, you know, you move up forward. So I think that's exactly where they're at. And that's what they have to do. Keep the ball in the hands of their playmakers. Find a couple more along the way. Hopefully Zach Ferraro will be back. Yep. Hopefully Van Gorder doesn't turn over the ball going forward. Hopefully mm -hmm. he's back. And if it is Mays, that he's able to step up his game to the next level because they're going to need him. Without that type of quarterback play that you've seen combined by the two of them yep. uh, Saturday, it doesn't matter. You're not going to win many ball games. I, I don't care. It, all football today begins and ends at the quarterback level. Your quarterback determines how good your team's going to play that mm -hmm. day. So if he's having a bad day, everybody else has to make him better to get him up and over the hump. And we'll see. I mean, every game you look at, I don't care what game you're watching, you look at quarterback play, you can tell who's winning and who's yep, losing. Exactly. And that's a great point. Tim, uh, let's wrap this up. We get Indiana State this Saturday at 2 o'clock at the Ice Castle. There is no Ohio State game. It is supposed to be 55 degrees and sunny. Notre Dame plays at eight o'clock for all Notre Dame fans. It's a playoff. It's a playoff game, seemingly. What's uh, two keys to the game for you, real quick? Don't turn over the ball and defense create turnovers. Exactly. Uh, I love it. I'll go. Uh, let's control time possession again. I think that gives us our best shot to win. And we're not probably going to double them up in time possession like we did South Dakota. But if we can run 62 times for 295, I think we have a great shot to go to four and four and start giving our our team a little bit of belief because, I mean, North Dakota State's got to lose sooner or later, right? Oh, you know, every game, every game is a chance for anybody to lose, and it's the same same flip of the coin. If you go out there and compete, you're going to give yourself an opportunity to win. And you can't control anybody else's schedule. All you can control is the one game that's in front of you each Saturday. Mm -hmm. And why you can't worry about the rest of the league. All they can worry about is the game that they have that Saturday and make it 
a success. Put the put the win in the win column and move forward. Get that number in the win column, move forward, and that's all they can do. That they control their own destiny on that level. Win and move on. It's like you said, it's playoff time, and exactly. that's because where you're at. You when you go, like I said, one and two in non-conference games, you are what you are. Yep. You have to win out. And now here they are. They already lost one conference game. They can't do it again. They're, you know, they have to win the rest of the week each and every Saturday. And again, the most important game is against Indiana State this Saturday. Everything you did prior to the last, this summon Saturday does not matter. matter. But this Saturday matters. Yep. Exactly. It's a big game. Our playoff fate is still there. As I know a lot of people are giving me crap for saying it's still there. But the fact of the matter is we have not mathematically been eliminated yet. There's still a chance. If you make the top 25, I was going to say, if you make the top 25 in the AP pool at the end of the year, chances are good you're going to make the playoffs. Exactly. Teams are going to make the playoffs who don't qualify in that level. But if you get into that level, if you get in the top 20, you're going to make the playoffs most years. And that got to be the goal. If you continue to win, they're going to have that opportunity. All right, Anthony, take us out. Yeah, this Saturday at 2 o'clock, fans, let's be there. Let's show up. It's supposed to be gorgeous weather. Let's support this team. It's it's probably going to be our last nice weather game of the year. We're looking at the radar as of now. Be there. It's a playoff game. Oh, this team has fought and has battled and grown together to deserve a big crowd Saturday. Show up. Let's just support this team and get a playoff out if you're going. Tim, uh, let's hope we can sing another fight song deep in the October night, huh? Sounds good. All right, for for Anthony Copley, I'm Tim Continenza. This has been the Ice Castle Report right here on RadioMVP.com.